Hey everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman. And this is Matt Mikucci. And you're listening to Jazz Is Crate Digging. Well, good morning to you, Matt Mikucci. Good morning. Hi, Brian. And hello, everybody. Spring is in the air. And I'm very happy to be back for a brand new episode of Crate Digging. That's right. It is spring. You know, when I lived in Chicago, when I lived in New York, I used to love this time of year, the changing of seasons. Now that I live in Florida, though, you know, things are a little different. They say in South Florida, you you mark the changing of the seasons by watching the license plates change. Uh, in the fall, they all go from Florida license plates to New York license plates and Pennsylvania license plates and Canada license plates. And now that it's spring again, all the snowbirds are leaving and the license plates are turning back to good old Florida license plates. So that's the only way we mark the <laughs> changing of the seasons here. But I'm sure in Ireland, it must be lovely. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's only one season. It's pretty much autumn all year round, except for a couple of sunny days thrown in. So yeah, totally confusing here. But at the same time, you know, we know that that's the season we have all year round. That's right. Well, (laughs) anyway, regardless of our geographical locations, we are celebrating spring and the notion of spring and this idea of the spring awakening of nature kind of returning. Uh, yeah. You know, the flower buds blooming, the birds returning. Uh, this is nature reawakening. And so on this episode of Creating, and we're going to celebrate jazz and nature. Uh, yeah. Jazz albums, jazz recordings that have to do in some way or another with nature or spring. Look, you, I'm a lot less subtle than you, Matt. I've, for some of my albums, I just chose albums that had the name spring in the title. Um, But that's the idea behind this episode. And as you know, on this show, we're all about just personal album recommendations. You know, in this era of digital algorithms and computers trying to figure out what kind of music you like, we just want to throw it back to the days where, you know, you'd be in the record shop and digging through the crates and pick out an album you think your friend would like and your friend would pick out an album they thought you would like. And that's the whole idea of this show. Um, And if it's your first time joining us, welcome aboard. You picked a really cool episode because we've got 10, 10, count them, 10. Uh, spring or nature related albums for you to listen to today. Um, and before we hop into those, Matt, I got to let you know about the the first album on the list, a kind of introductory album uh, on our list. That would be the one from our sponsor, Mr. David Larson. David is an awesome saxophonist, and he has a new album out right now called The Mulligan Chronicles, which is a celebration of, you guessed it, the music of Jerry Mulligan. Uh, David Larson is a PhD student, actually, and he spent the past few years studying, I mean, deeply studying the music of Jerry Mulligan really analyzing the scores, talking to musicians who played with Jerry. And the result is this beautiful 13-track album of, you know, Jerry Mulligan arrangements as arranged by David Larson. He did a fantastic job. If you want to check this album out, uh, head on over to David Larson's Bandcamp page. So that's larsenjazz.bandcamp.com, L-A-R-S-E-N, jazz.bandcamp.com. Really nice work from David Larson. All right, Matt. Uh, with that, we should, I guess, crack into our list here. Um, All right. Again, the theme is spring. The theme is nature. Spring awakening. I'm going to let you take the first album, as I always do. Uh, so what are you going to start us off with, Matt? 
Awesome. I'm going to start off with Joao Gilberto's O Amor, O Sorriso e a Flor. I apologize for my pronunciation. It's not, uh, it's probably not the best Portuguese pronunciation of all time, but. <laughs> sounded good to me, man. Thank you. My first album, yeah, so this is his follow-up to uh, Chega de Saudade, uh, regarded by Mani as the first Bossa Nova album. But the two albums are quite different. This was released in 1960, uh, and this one is a little more raw, and the tracks are brief. Uh, Mani don't even reach the second minute in length, and it's almost like a sketchpad of ideas fueled by the excitement of actually just getting those songs out there into the world. A lot of them would be expanded in later recordings and projects and various projects. But by this, I don't mean that the album is rushed. It's far from it. It's beautiful. But having said that, I do find that it's it's slightly more raw. Uh, it has that raw power to it. Of course, nature is a major theme in the great Brazilian songwriting tradition, uh, and it's definitely to be found here, as implied by the title that translates to love, smile, and uh, flower, uh, as some kind of recipe for happiness. And it's also found in the individual tracks, like the one, the famous one, uh, Corcovado, uh, the composition named after the mountain in central Rio de Janeiro. And that is the track you picked. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Here is Corcovado. Este amor, uma canção Pra fazer feliz a quem se ama Muita calma pra pensar E ter tempo pra sonhar Da janela vence o corcovado O Redentor, que lindo Quero a vida sempre assim Com você perto de mim Lovely, lovely stuff, Matt. Mm, I love Joao Gilberto, one of my heroes. Yeah, it definitely has that spring vibe. It's a little spring in your step, if you will. Um, <laughs> all right. I guess it's my turn now. See, again, Matt, I, I'm not as subtle as you. You know, you really think deeply about these. My mind went first to albums that had the word spring in the title. And for me, the quintessential spring album is Bill Evans' You Must Believe in Spring uh, from 1977. Uh, just a beautiful album, his 17th studio album. Uh, it's Bill Evans with his trio. It was actually, I think, the last session he did with Eddie Gomez on bass. Um, Elliot Zygman is playing drums in this one. It was recorded in 1977 um, and was released posthumously, um, so after Bill Evans's death in 1980. And... Yeah, I mean, this is just quintessential Bill Evans to me. You know, if I had to paint a landscape of spring, you know, and I had to choose a color palette, kind of some watercolor pastels, some deep greens, some light greens, some dark blues, some light blues, that color palette in a lot of ways matches Bill Evans' acoustic palette. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, Bill Evans is the perfect springtime pianist because there's a lightness, there's an airiness to his playing, but there's also a little bit of density and solemnity, kind of that residue from winter, you know? There's still a little chill in the air. Um, and yeah, this is just a beautiful album. Of course, the title track is stunning. Um, he would actually record it again with Tony Bennett 
for their uh, second duo album, Together Again. Um, but it appears here with the trio. Uh, Freddie Freeloader is on this album, All of You Without a Song. He does Johnny Mandel's theme from MASH. This is a great, great album. And like I said, for me, kind of epitomizes the sound of spring. Uh, so Matt, what do you say we go ahead and listen to that title track, You Must Believe in Spring, from Bill Evans's album of the Absolutely. same name. Here we go. Absolutely. It's pure poetry. And uh, yeah, like I said, this album was recorded in 1977, uh, released after Evans' death. But just a, literally a month later, uh, in uh, September of 1977, he would record that track again with Tony Bennett uh, for Together Again. And the results are sublime. For sure. Be for sure, sure to check that one out as well. All right, man. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next album on your list, uh, your pick. That yeah. would be Charles Lloyd's Forest Flower. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, uh, I got to be careful with this one because, you know, we got to keep it tight as usual. We got a lot of music to talk about. This is really a quintessential live album to me. Uh, also one that feels like the culmination of the excellent early period of Charles Lloyd as a band leader. Uh, it was recorded in Monterey in uh, 1966 and released a year later. And it features memorable renditions of what was a uh, festival favorite uh, back then the title suite bo- both parts sunrise and sunset plus three more tracks one of them is east of the sun and west of the moon uh, which kind of fits the theme in itself as well uh, and this LP actually has a fascinating story that I sort of wanted to share uh, with you guys because um, it became quite popular in Eastern Europe at the time smack in the midst of you know I guess the cold war and censorship uh, of Western popular culture there including music uh, it was so popular, Brian, that it led to an extensive tour for the saxophonist to cross Eastern Europe shortly after its release. And that's a tour that is still fondly remembered to this day. And it actually also established Lloyd's reputation in the territory as one of the greatest ever. Uh, cut to many years later, just a few years ago, I think it was in 2014, I was actually in the Old Town Square in Prague listening to Lloyd and his band playing Forest Flower there. And you could sense that the people had not forgotten about that moment. You could really just feel it in the air. And Lloyd himself uh, acknowledged that it had been a very important moment in his career as well. Uh, Wonderful album. And yeah, check it out if you haven't already. 
Amazing story, Matt. Let's go ahead and listen to uh, the title suite. Here is the sunrise portion of the Forest Flower Suite. I mean, this album was enormously popular and Charles Lloyd was playing at festivals all over the country, all over the world, really. And when you think of artists now, um, like Kamasi Washington, like Cameron Graves, like Thundercat, jazz artists who have enormous crossover appeal and who are playing at similar festivals, rock festivals, you know, Lollapalooza, stuff like that. Um, They are in a lot of ways standing on Charles Lloyd's shoulders and they very much know it. Uh, He is beloved, uh, you know, by kind of everyone in that scene, in that spiritual jazz crossover kind of funk, little bit of everything jazz scene. Um, So, you know, continues to be an important influence uh, to this day. Nice For sure, man. and we should we should mention that he's actually got a new album out this month, so that's really right. still going strong. Tone poem, yeah, was picked as one of our ten albums you need to know for March. Yeah, so uh, still very much at it. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to my next pick, and you know, we recently in the states had uh, daylight saving time, so we all set our clocks. Where did we go ahead? Um, got an, <laughs> a, another. I never know either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's uh, that's life with a one-year-old for me. I have no idea what time it is. I never sleep. It's all just one big, long day. Um, anyway, one thing we get to enjoy is another hour of sun, another hour of daylight. You know, no more having to turn in at 4.30 when it gets dark in the middle of December. Um, and so to celebrate that notion, I picked a song that has to do with daylight, that has to do with sun, that uh, specifically has to do with sunshine. That would be Roy Ayers, vibraphonist Roy Ayers. Everybody loves the sunshine. Um, this is an album from 1976. Even if you don't know this album, you do know this album uh, because the title track, Everybody Loves the Sunshine, has been used as a sample by countless hip-hop artists from Dr. Dre to Common to Tupac to Most Def. I mean, Roy Ayers is one of the most sampled jazz artists in all of rap and hip-hop. Um, and this song in particular is one of the most sampled. And you'll hear why. It's just this amazingly uplifting groove. It's got a groove. It's got a very positive theme. It's got some Beautiful mallet work by Roy Ayers, and of course that super funky electric piano riff um, from Philip Wu. This was a really cool album, and uh, like you say, you'll you'll hear this song again and again and again to this day. Uh, it is super catchy, and I apologize in advance for getting it stuck in your head. Uh, but here is "Everybody Loves the Sunshine" from Roy Ayers from the album of the same name. Mm-hmm. 
Makes me want to lace up a pair of roller skates and hit <laughs> yeah. the outdoor rink. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm looking outside at the window. It's raining. It's miserable. Close my eyes. Sunshine. And I'm just on a beach or in a park somewhere just laying down. And it's beautiful. Absolutely. And again, that was another enormously popular tune. Um, peaked at 51 on the Billboard charts back in 1976 and was recently named by uh, our colleagues at Pitchfork. One of the best songs of the 1970s. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a groove. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, Brian, it's my turn, and I just couldn't resist choosing an album by a band that best represents all of the natural elements earth wind and fire oh yeah <laughs> uh, we all know about the jazz influences that are found in the music of this legendary band integrated within a palette of um r&b funk soul disco afro pop you name it you know a true boogie wonderland that's what they were able to <laughs> put together uh and i specifically chose all in all from 1977 this is commonly referred to as one of their best albums, and to be sure, aside from the hit single Fantasy that is featured in the album, it's just an awesome program of songs ranging from the sweetest of ballads to the grooviest and funkiest of tunes. Long story short, I actually picked the track. Uh, the track that I kind of suggested to play for this record represents the latter vibes, and uh, it's that awesome opener, Serpentine Fire. Let's just hit it. <laughs> Here we go. funkiest band on this planet on any planet in the universe i just realized they said it, the, the band represents all the natural elements but i think water is missing anyways <laughs> <laughs> that's right three three out of four ain't bad though. three out of four is still the best you know <laughs> anyone's uh, ever done and, and the great news about this band is we could revisit them again when we do our fall episode with september Oh, yeah. there's always a great reason to pick it an earth wind and fire too um <laughs> so nicely done Okay, uh, we're going to move on to the next album on the list, and that is my pick. This one comes from uh, band leader and composer Maria Schneider. Uh, it is her 2017 album, The Thompson Fields. Uh, and this was actually the album that won the Grammy Award for Best Large Jazz Ensemble in 2017. The title comes from the farm in Minnesota 
where she was raised, uh, the Thompson Fields. And the entire album is, in a lot of ways, a celebration of nature. Uh, Compositions that have to do with nature in some way, a celebration of butterflies uh, um, for the tune The Monarch and the Milkweed, Um, Nimbus having to do with clouds. Um, It's it's just a beautiful album. And when you bought this album back in 2017, and I did, uh, it came with these beautiful... uh, uh, Portrait, these beautiful drawings and photographs um, of scenes from that field, the Thompson Fields, as well as liner notes, poems, thoughts about nature um, from Maria herself. So the the whole album, the whole project was really Maria's love letter um, to this natural environment she grew up in. Musically, it's just stunning. You know, Maria kind of falls into that lineage of these great orchestral writers. Um, think Duke Ellington. Think Gil Evans. To me, there's really no one better at kind of creating a scene, creating a landscape through music, really putting you into a place. Uh, And that's something she absolutely does on this album, most specifically with the track uh, Walking by Flashlight, which is the track that I picked. This track originally came from her album from 2012, 2013 uh, called Winter Morning Walks and I know it has to do with winter but hey we're celebrating it here uh, on the Thompson Fields because she reorchestrated it um, for her large ensemble here and it is just stunning like I say you listen to this song and it feels like you're walking through the woods you can see the flashlight beam bouncing you can hear kind of the leaves and the sticks and the gravel crunching underfoot Um, no one puts you in a place better musically than Maria Schneider so let's go ahead and listen to the track here is Walking by Flashlight from the Thompson Fields beautiful i could have kept listening to that oh me too maybe a nice quiet spring morning you're out with your cup of tea or did i tell you it really puts you in a place um so yeah that was a great track and i must say um maria schneider's longtime pianist uh frank kimbrough who very sadly passed away recently um and he was young he was he was in his 50s um he recorded a absolutely beautiful rendition of this tune for his 2016 album solstice it's a trio arrangement and uh, it is it is 
just as breathtaking. Um, so that's kind of my runner up to this one. If you have a chance, go check out that one as well. That whole album is great. That album is called yeah. Solstice. And hey, when you Solstice, another kind of spring theme. So I'll yeah, add it. Yeah, totally. I'll and add you know, let's say congratulations to Maria Schneider, best large ensemble uh, jazz uh, for Data Lords at the Grammys won that award and also best instrumental uh, composition for Sputnik from that album too. That's right. Another album that has to do with nature as well. Kind of this divide that we've established between, you know, the natural world and the digital world and how that wall between them seems to be getting, you know, thicker, more dense and more impenetrable. Uh, That album was all about kind of dissolving that wall and embracing the natural world um, as well as safely and responsibly embracing the digital world. So, Exactly. So anyways, while we are on the topic of nature, uh, and it's my turn again, so I felt it was just right to mention uh, Biophilia uh, Records, which is a label that was founded by musician uh, Fabian Almazon in uh, 2011 in New York, and it sort of takes this environmentally conscious approach in its packaging and distribution of music. Uh, But with all that being said, aside from this praiseworthy concept, which I feel is an integral part of the future of music, actually, uh, the label has also released some awesome music and so just to pay tribute to the work that they do I had a look through their catalog and um just had a look at what album I wanted to single out from their uh what they've they've put out so far and the one that really I wanted to kind of focus and to single out is one that I really love it's by uh, Linda Mahan O the acclaimed bassist band leader and uh, it's called Walk Against Wind and it's from 2017. It showcases 11 original compositions of hers. And uh, it was also inspired by an intriguing concept, the art of mime. So mime artists. In fact, the title of the album comes from a famous Marcel Marceau, the famous uh, uh, mime artist, uh, a routine that he did, which is itself a bit of a man versus nature showcase. If you want to check that out, it's on, it's on YouTube. And so it's a wonderful album. The track I picked, it's called uh, Perpuzzle. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know what the title means, but it's a delightful track and actually features her uh, doubling on vocals as well. Very nice. Let's take a listen to Perpuzzle. Awesome track. Yeah, it's so catchy too. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, Linda is just a phenomenally talented bass player. She is in the latest iteration of the Pat Metheny Quartet, yes? Yes. Playing with Pat uh, Metheny. And in several other uh, great, great bands too. She's uh, definitely one of the most respected <laughs> bassists around today. Oh, yeah. And that label, uh, Biophilia, as you mentioned, uh, super cool in that they're trying to raise awareness in, you know, uh, 
among the musical scene or the jazz scene, the world at large, about these environmental issues. When you buy a Biophilia CD, um, you're not actually getting a compact disc. What you're getting is what they call this Biofolio, which is this beautiful origami-esque folded piece of recycled paper that's folded into the shape of a jewel case and as you fold it out it's got uh, liner notes and paintings and photographs and it's all printed with organic ink um the musicians who sign to the label commit to volunteer in some capacity um for an environmental cause so yeah really cool forward-thinking label based out of new york yeah shout out to them all right, uh, Matt, I believe it was Miles Davis who said, uh, you know, once a year, all musicians should just get down on their knees and thank Duke Ellington. Um, so that's what I'm going to do for my next nature themed pick. Kind of in a roundabout way, you know, I think Duke is probably this country's greatest composer. And one of my favorite compositions of his happens to have a nature theme. Uh, It is Single Petal of a Rose. Uh, This was originally part of a suite called the Queen's Suite that Duke and his orchestra recorded in 1959. And it was written for Queen Elizabeth II. I picked a version uh, that was played by Marion McPartland. The great Mary McPartland. A lot of people know her um, from that show she has on NPR, Piano Jazz with Marion McPartland, which she picks a duet partner and they just come up with spontaneous improvised duos in the studio on the spot. Anyway, uh, she has been playing Duke's music, uh, you know, throughout her entire career, a great interpreter uh, of Ellingtonia. But she hadn't released a tribute album to Duke until uh, 2000. Uh, that was the year she released Single Petal of a Rose, The Essence of Duke Ellington. Um, it is an absolutely beautiful album, and her treatment of the title track, Single Petal of a Rose, is one of the best I've ever heard. Again, this is just a heartbreakingly beautiful ballad. Um, a lot of times when people ask me to recommend a jazz song, I start them right here. Uh, so here is Duke Ellington's Single Petal of a Rose as performed by Marion McPartland. love that um yeah Yeah. that interpretation is one of the best i've heard so true to duke uh and to his music like i said you know one of this country's greatest composers um famously you know was kind of nominated for a uh, special citation for the pulitzer uh pulitzer award for music and was denied by the pulitzer board 
Um, and he had, he had this famous quote. He said, fate is being kind to me. Fate doesn't want me to be too famous, too young. Um, and he was 66 when he said that. So just kind of. <laughs> yeah, one of the hardest working men in music and in general, as well as just a genius. And uh, hey, why don't we, you know, Mary McPartland as well. What a hero. You know, some of the best uh, jazz shows on radio that I've ever come across. I found out about so many artists on her uh, piano jazz shows. And I, I regularly listen to them still to this day. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and she, yeah, she really turned a lot of people on to jazz who wouldn't necessarily have listened to it uh, just by dint of the fact that their radio was tuned Mm. to NPR. So Exactly. All right. So, Brian, uh, it's the final, uh, my final pick for this show, uh, sadly, because uh, I, I love to talk about music on these shows. I love these crate digging episodes. But I guess I have a bit of a narrative arch in my album selection today because I started the show by speaking about a classic Bossa Nova record and I'm going to end it with another great Brazilian record. Uh, it's called, again, I apologize for the pronunciation, uh, Passaro de Mania by Maria Bethania from uh, 1977. Now, this may be a little less known, but make no mistake about it, Maria Bethania is an absolute legend of Brazilian music and one who, perhaps more than anyone, uh, shows that link between nature and the great Brazilian songwriting tradition. She's also one of the major exponents of MPB, which is uh, Musica Popular Brasileira. It's a style of music that makes heavier indigenous music traditions with also heavier grooves, uh, sometimes even borrowed by uh, from, from rock with the uh, within the Brazilian pop music and cool jazz stylings of the bossa nova craze. And it was also seen as the natural, <laughs> so see what I did there, Brian, evolution nice. of bossa nova. <laughs> uh, nature again shows up quite prominently here, often used to represent a tumultuous political situation in Brazil at the time. In fact, aside from the songs, this album also features spoken word poetry, because uh, Betania wanted to be an actress before she embarked on a career in music. I could talk about her for hours, but I better just end it here. Uh, you know, I could talk about Brazilian music as well forever, but I, uh, so I'm just going to leave it, well, I'll leave you with probably the better known song from the album, and it's called Tigresa. All right, let's take a listen. Junhas negras, iris, cor de mel, uma mulher, uma beleza. Que me aconteceu Esfregando a pele De ouro marrom Do seu corpo contra o meu Me falou que o mal É bom E o bem cruel Enquanto os pelos Dessa deusa tremem Ao vento ateu Ela me conta Sem certeza Tudo que viveu Que gostava De política em 1966 E hoje Dança No frenético Yeah I like that vibe, Matt mm. Nice guitar work, too Yeah, With and the lyrics influence. are powerful Thank God for Google Translate, though, I got to say. <laughs> Very cool. 
All right. Well, we will close it out with my final pick. And uh, again, Matt, I went literal. Um, One of my favorite jazz tracks of all time uh, has to do with spring. That would be Clifford Brown's Joy Spring. Now, I cheated a little bit on this one because... uh, the album it came from it didn't really have spring in the title or a natural theme. Uh, but this tune, Joy Spring, was recorded in 1954, you know, before concept albums were really a thing. So it was actually issued on a couple albums after the fact, one being Jazz Messages and the other being, most famously, Clifford Brown and Max Roach. Uh, but yeah, this tune is... God, what a melody. This is the sound of spring as well. Um, Clifford Brown, you know, a pioneer of hard bop trumpet and really one of the most lyrical soloists of all time. Um, You can trace, uh, you know, the lineage of so many of today's top players from, you know, Marquise Hill, Jim Rotundi, anybody, pick them, you name them. Um, A lot of those roots go right back to Clifford Brown. He kind of took the bebop language as started uh, as crafted uh, by Dizzy Gillespie and translated into into the next chapter of hard bop. Uh, This tune is kind of trickier than it seems. You'll hear it. It seems like a really beautiful melody. Like I said, the sound of spring underneath it, the chord changes are quite complicated. There's a few modulations up a half step, up a whole step, back down all the way. But the way Clifford Brown writes the melody and especially the way he solos uh, makes it sound like, you know, it's as simple as Mary had a little lamb. And of course, it's not. Uh, Clifford Brown was that just that brilliant. Uh, this is sometimes cited as one of the best improvised trumpet solos ever, uh, just for the sheer way that he navigates these complicated uh, uh, chord changes. I don't know if we'll have a chance to get to the solo. Uh, We're just going to listen to the melody here, but do yourself a favor. Go check out this track. Um, Mine is coming from, this version here is coming from uh, Clifford Brown and Max Roach, the album. Go check out this track. Listen to it all the way through. Uh, I I guarantee you'll be floored. Uh, But with that, let's go ahead and kick this track off. Here is Joy Spring from Clifford Brown and the Max Roach Quintet. Joy Spring from Clifford Brown and Max Roach from the album Clifford Brown and Max Roach uh, Quintet. And that does it for our list as well, Matt. 
That does it, Brian. But before, just one more, because I realized that I would never be able to forgive myself if I didn't at least mention another one of my favorite compositions of all time. Uh, it's uh, the Willie the Lion Smith, great, uh, the piano stride, great, Echoes of Spring. I could not mention it. It's such a beautiful, delightful tune. So check that one out as well. I mean, there's just so much music. Well, to, if we're to doing that, about. how about Up Jump Spring? Another oh. phenomenal tune and another phenomenal album from Curtis Fuller. Uh, from the yeah. early 2000s, he put out an album called Up Jumped Spring. So, yeah, there are plenty more we could have done. It's it's very difficult for us to narrow them down to just 10. Uh, and we invite you to share some spring or nature-themed albums with us on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page, on our Instagram. Uh, that's where you can find us on social media. And also check us out on uh, jazzes.com. Head on over to our homepage, jazzes.com. That's where you'll find plenty of artist interviews, album reviews, playlists, and of course, these podcasts. We've also got monthly digital issues um, that we send directly to your inbox every month, as well as, Matt, our uh, print issues, our quarterly print issues, um, which come with those collector quality CD bundles. The next one is coming out this summer in June, and it is all about, I can officially say this now, the art of the trio. So think trios, you know, in jazz and maybe not just the piano, bass, drums trio, but any kind of trio. Uh, that's what we're celebrating with our latest print issue. And again, that'll be out in June. If you are not a subscriber, but you would like to become one, you can do so over at jazzes.com. Just head there and click on that big red subscribe button in the top left hand corner. Another thing you might want to check out, Matt, is our vinyl club. So yeah. we have started a subscription vinyl club where if you sign up for our legacy package, which includes the print, the digital access, the CD, uh, we'll also throw in a curated by the editors premium edition 180 gram LP vinyl album just for you. And that, again, is on a quarterly basis. That's the Jazz's Vinyl Club. You can check that out on jazzes.com as well. All right, Matt. Spring is wow. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we should get outside and enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to get my umbrella. Hold on, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say. It was uh, April showers bring May flowers. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both when it comes to spring. All right, Matt. We All will right, see Brian. you next week for another episode of Crate Digging. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And uh, happy listening. Thank you all. Bye-bye. So, so long. <laughs>